Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Christopher Hahn. He's the host of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. He's all over the radio. He's all over Twitter. He's amazing when he goes on Fox News and debates the idiots. I love him. We're going to talk about what Merrick Garland said, voting rights, and COVID. But before we get into our conversation... The Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and don't forget... You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Chris Hahn. Welcome to the first show of 2022, Chris. Oh, wow. I'm really <laughs> excited to be your first guest of the new year. You're my first. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I just want to tell everybody, I was supposed to be talking with Allison Gill today, and unfortunately, she's under the weather, so Chris was so cool to just all of a sudden, you know, be available, so thank you so much for being on the uh-huh. show. I'm everybody's second choice, Kimberly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting your audience know that you weren't planning, that this didn't take years of preparation and scheduling, that you just called me 10 minutes ago and I happened to be available. I'm just using <laughs> you. I'm just using you. But you've been on the show before. so I have. Um, I and, have. and you're so busy on Twitter. And I know the stuff that you've been tweeting lately, I think we're on the same page, which is good. So we can have our little liberal bubble conversation. <laughs> And um, and I just also want to tell everybody that the show that I prepared today, of course, I thought Allison was going to be here. So I I'm I, just in case I screw up by saying you quote tweeted because I did take a couple of Allison's quote tweets, but I'm going to be as clear as I possibly can. But let's just jump right into this because everybody is talking about basically today is the one six. It's the one six anniversary of the insurrection. And yesterday, Merrick Garland went in front of everybody and I want to be very clear before I start any of this because it seems to be that there are these divided camps on Twitter whether you are pissed off at Garland or you're satisfied with Garland um, I am not a Garland stan or defender or lover I am a lover of democracy and my whole thing here is I think if we keep repeating over and over again that unless Garland indicts Donald Trump and people, the higher-ups, uh, this year, that Democrats are going to lose the midterms. And that bothers me because, number one, I don't think Garland is our savior. I don't think everything hinges on, on the DOJ. And I also feel like, when again, it, it cements that narrative and it basically yeah. becomes manifest destiny. And so it's not to say that, you know, I mean, I've there was a, a, a listener of mine who tweeted that they disagreed with me on the Merrick Garland. And I think what they meant, I think they mistook my take on this, again, as a defender of him. I'm not defending him. I'm just, I'm taking him at his word. And his word was, this is the most important thing he said, and then I'm going to ask you about this. DOJ remains committed to holding all 1-6 perpetrators at any level accountable under mm. under the law whether they were present that day or otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy will follow the facts wherever they lead so a couple of different people i think lawrence tribe was one of them had said something like uh, he wasn't satisfied because he specifically didn't mention um seditious conspiracy 
I want to know, first of all, before we even get into that, how did you feel about what he said yesterday? Well, unlike Lawrence Tribe, who uh, I read all of his books while I was in law school, I, I actually practiced law, and uh, justice takes time, mm-hmm. right? The, it, would be, it would be wrong for Merrick Garland, it would be malpractice for Merrick Garland to rush uh, cases into court especially against high-level actors. Mm-hmm. You need to plan these cases out. And if you're going to take a shot at Donald Trump or uh, Steve Bannon or other people who may have been involved with the planning of that day, Roger Stone, mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani, you better be prepared mm-hmm. and you better be ready to take that shot well because they're going to be well defended and you better have your facts in order yeah. and ready to win. Uh, So there's a lot of people on Twitter that are like, why hasn't this been done yet? Why, you know, 11 months into the the year into the Biden presidency, why isn't Trump in jail? Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And and look, I I also want to say, and I I think I said this last time I was on your podcast, I don't think Donald Trump's ever going to jail. Yeah. But I do think that there will be some accountability for Donald Trump and his enablers. Mm -hmm. And I think that Merrick Garland's statement yesterday was, was, was something I wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to hear him say, I'm going to hold people accountable at whatever level. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the problem with us as, as progressives and liberals. And we want it all, and we want it all right now. And if we don't get what we want, we're not going to come out and vote next year. We'll let the Republicans win, yeah. which is the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest thing in the world, and it's what happened in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at some local races around the country, right, Virginia, yeah. uh, Nassau County on Long Island, there's a there's a there's a uh, there were Democrats that stayed home and Republicans won because Democrats didn't get everything they want. Mm-hmm. The candidate that was running wasn't perfectly liberal for them. And there was no bogeyman like Donald Trump running against them. Um, I'm sorry. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Ron DeSantis in Florida <laughs> and what he said today mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, about January 6th. And you mean to tell me if the Democrats, you know, there's a primary there, if you're supporting Nikki Freed or if you're supporting Charlie Crist, I believe there's another candidate whose name escapes me down there. If you're supporting one of those people and your person doesn't win, are you now going to stay home? No. You have to defeat Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. He needs to go, Mm -hmm. right? And Democrats need to get it through their head. As for the midterms, um, I think it's almost impossible for the Democrats to hold the House in the midterms because of gerrymandering. Uh, But we can hold on to the Senate. But regardless of that, Merrick Garland will be the attorney general unless he resigns for the next three years. Mm-hmm. So there is time to bring these cases. And I believe he'll be bringing multiple cases in 2022, but I think he'll, there'll be cases brought beyond that because cases beget cases. You bring in, Oh, right. Right. You know, you bring in a low level person who refers you a mid-level person who refers mm-hmm. you a high level mm-hmm. person. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just go uh, for Donald Trump all at once. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work out. Yeah, and you know, I will say this though. I mean, there's all this energy spent on Twitter uh, by you know certain people who definitely want to see accountability, which I can understand. I totally understand that. Um, but but like I said, cementing the narrative of we're going to lose, and then adding on the fact that no matter what happens, Garland is not 
he is he has nothing to do with the midterm elections granted there might be some people who are disappointed but like it's like what you said so if you're disappointed you're going to stay home i bet a lot of these same people are are yelling at jill stein voters but it's basically the same idea you scream about purity from the far left well you can't sit there and say well if i don't get my way i'm not going to support the democrats because of what the doj is doing and i know (laughs) that biden put it in there but if all that energy that's being spent on garland at this moment in time would be spent on Democrats and Republicans and specifically Manchin and Cinema figuring out how to pass this voting bill, we can get rid of gerrymandering and we do have a chance of actually gaining a majority on the House. It doesn't mean we will, but it, you know, and, and history obviously tells us that if there's a Democrat in the White House, then the, mid-ter- the midterms are going to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, and it would be the same way if there was a Republican in the, in but, the White but House. But then again, these are, these are not necessarily the times, you know, this isn't the, the past. This is a whole new situation, and we have a fascist cult that's trying to take over. And maybe, you know, not only that, we have climate issues that I know are going to keep popping up through this year I think every year we move forward, there's going to be more issues, whether it has to do with clean water, clean air, um, you know, fires, droughts, floods, you name it, we're going through it. And I think some people are going to be motivated by that. I think there's going to be a lot of motivations. The DOJ is not the sole, it's not our savior. Well, well, also, Kimberly, look, um, we don't ever want a Justice Department that is paying attention to the political calendar. Right, exactly. That's what we had with Trump, and mm-hmm. that was horrible. Yeah. We want a Justice Department that is there to seek justice, yeah. not a Justice Department that is there to seek political revenge. Yes, exactly. And and um, and um and the way you seek justice is you do it methodically, and to do it methodically means you take time. Mm-hmm. And you start, like I said, with the lower-level people, and they refer you to the upper-level people. Yeah. And it, it takes time. It might take three rounds, four rounds mm-hmm. to get to those people. And that might take years. Mm-hmm. But hope, But if Justice Department does its job, and I think it is doing its job with professionals, not with politicians, yeah. they'll get what they want. And, and believe me, Merrick Garland is not looking at Twitter to determine how he's going to bring <laughs> exactly. prosecutions, nor should he. No. Uh, exactly. And that also, I know that there are people on Twitter who think that if they just keep saying this and over over again, I think Merrick Garland addressed the country because he did feel pressure, but pressure was coming from people like Lawrence Tribe on television and Adam Schiff. These people are extremely high profile and they were like, hey, what's going on? Maybe this was a pre-planned thing in the, just, just to... People rec- you know, I think people like Adam Schiff recognized what he was seeing on Twitter and saying, okay, yeah. people are concerned. And I don't know I don't know why these decisions were made. I don't know exactly why Merrick Garland decided to come out yesterday. It was obviously right before the anniversary date. That's probably yeah. the big reason. But either way, he's aware of what the public wants from him. And he's and like you said, he's not just gonna say, All right, well, you know, Twitter user seven four three said I need to do this, so I better do it. Right. He's not right. doing that. I, I think he was <laughs> responding somewhat to Adam Schiff. And Adam Schiff has more information than we do, right? Yeah. Adam Schiff is is sitting in on those depositions, and there have been hundreds of depositions that we have not heard about mm-hmm. from the January 6th committee, depositions with which I'm sure Adam Schiff has shared with the Justice Department, and maybe the Justice Department even referred those people to the January 6th commission, mm-hmm. committee. So, so there is a chance that 
what he was doing was coming out there to say, look, Congress, I mm -hmm. hear you. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it. Right. So and, yeah, and I think, and I that, think that's that a good thing to do. It satisfied me for that reason. Um, you know, but it's it's unfortunate. I do believe it's unfortunate that there is these two camps of allies who are now at each other's throats because I don't feel this way and you don't feel that way. And it's like, oh, my God, all I care about is getting the voting rights bills passed because all, to me all those I'm are the most is, important. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. The voting rights bills need to pass. And um, frankly, I saw Manchin's statement live on Monday mm -hmm. when he was making it. He, I, I was uh, eating my lunch and uh, he popped up on the screen. And um, I didn't take away from it what the press did. Hmm. I think he left a lot of room in his statement to make whatever decision he wanted to make. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the media was pushing it out there as if Manchin was torpedoing voting rights. Right. The filibuster. That is not what he said. He actually said, it is my preference mm -hmm. that we keep the filibuster uh, in place. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to talk about, well, maybe we can have a talking filibuster. And that's maybe what we, we have to require, do. Maybe we can require it to be three, you know, three fifths of people present and voting. Like he mm -hmm. went on with a multiple things mm -hmm. that would change the filibuster. And, and I'm sorry. I mean, that seemed to me like there was plenty of room to negotiate <laughs> with. Now, I, granted, I, I worked in the Senate for six years, so what do I know? But he <laughs> sounded like he sounded like he was talking like a senator. Right keeping his options open to do whatever he came to do. Yes. And frankly, I was, I actually, when I heard that, I was, I was hopeful yeah. by that statement. It gave me hope. Well, you know, uh, I'm glad the you way said it was, that. The way it was, the way it was reported was right. like, you know, then I doom. watched people analyzing. I'm like, no, that's not what he said. Yeah. Doom, he did doom. not say this is the end of the, that. I will not support changes to the rules of voters. In fact, he said the exact opposite. That is, you know, I'm so glad that you just told me that because first I want to say a couple things. Number one, I did not hear what he said. Of course, I only saw whenever Manchin comes up on the screen, I, I freak out. I can't even deal with him, right? So it's like I, I, I can't deal. I'm so afraid of what he's going to say. So I didn't pay close attention. So you just informed me of something that's actually giving me hope. And here's the thing. Before the break, uh, I sent something out just to my patrons uh, on Patreon because I'm in, so just like you and I are in a DM room, there's other people in DM rooms. It might've been in yeah. the one that we're in together. I don't know, we're in like five. Anyway, uh, there was somebody who is with Demcast and they said, okay, the first week we're coming back and we're gonna focus on a talking, some version of a talking filibuster. And that's exactly what's happening. And yeah. they even said, Mansion is back on the table with the B, the Build Back Better. Specifically, okay, we're going to get n not as much as we want, but instead of uh, the whatever it is we offer lasting a year, it'll be permanent. And then that came up the story that he was back on the t you know back to the table for the Triple B thing, but specifically talking filibuster, I think is the way we're going to do this. And, yeah, you and, know, and believe me, believe me, you know we saw what happened at the end of the session. Uh, when you know we had Republicans like Ted Cruz blocking our judges, yes, and then we said, "Okay, you want to block our judges? Christmas vacation is canceled." <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, Ted, no trip to Cancun <laughs> for you. Yeah, and you can't uh, read we'll green eggs and ham. And you can continue to block the judges, and we'll have votes on the judges every day. Yes, and just so everybody mm -hmm. knows, because I don't think everybody realizes. 
uh, they'd have to make the rules for this filibuster, and I guarantee you it's not going to be you get to read Green Eggs and Ham. It's going to be more like the uh, Wendy Davis filibuster in Texas where she had to stick to very strict rules now I don't know I don't know exactly what the rules of a talking filibuster are, but I know that um, you do have to stick to the topic, and you have to stand. You have to stand, and then yeah. okay. So let me ask you this: I, I I imagine, and maybe you know more about this than I do since you were there. Um, are you a Are you allowed to spout your opinion even if your opinion is not accurate? I think you're allowed to spout your opinions. Okay. Are you allowed um, to, to say things that aren't factually true? You're never allowed to say things that are not factually true on the floor of the Senate. Okay. That doesn't yeah. stop them from doing it, but you're not allowed to but do if they do, if they have a demonstrable lie and, and they're filibustering, would they that would, there end? Would be a, there would be a point of order okay. um, and, uh, or a point of information, mm -hmm. and they would be rebuked for that. I don't know how that would go into the talking filibuster, if that would change it. Or not, they'd have to have. That's part of the of the rule, and I would think that they would have to come up with a rule, and and they might make a specific rule for voting rights, mm -hmm. where you say, we're going to have a talking filibuster for voting rights. You must be on topic, and you right. must hold the floor. You must have, uh, you must have forty senators present to hold the floor. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So if that's the case, well, have at it. <laughs> yes. Come out there and yeah. have your forty old men. Because that's what they are. Yeah. They're old men. So let's see them sit there. for And argue you know, against voting rights. Argue against. Have a bunch of old white guys with southern accents <laughs> yeah. arguing against voting rights. See how that does for you. Uh, you know, so it, it's a it's a I think. Look, I do. I know Kristen Sinema. I know her. I've been in uh, conferences with her before she was a U.S. senator. She was a state senator mm -hmm. when I met her in Arizona. And actually, I thought she was too liberal to get elected to Congress wow. in Arizona when I met her. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I've met Joe Manchin a couple of times in my career. I do not think either one of them want to be the reasons why, reason why this democracy crumbles. Right. Right. I do not believe either one of them want to stand in between uh, voting rights in this country. Now they have their reasons for supporting the filibuster. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, Partially, it could be because they feel they're going to be in the minority next mm -hmm, year, mm -hmm. right? But um, and they feel that if you make an exception for this, you'll make an exception for more things. And we've already seen mm -hmm, that happen mm -hmm. in the Senate, right? Yeah, right. So, um, and I think that the let's be clear. I think that uh, the Senate used to be the cooling saucer of the Republic, and now it has become the House of Representatives with six-year terms. <laughs> Uh, you, you never would have had a senator like Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or Rand yeah. Paul or Marsha Blackburn or Ron Johnson. Uh, you know, those, those types of people, unserious people, mm -hmm. were never envisioned to be in the United States Senate. Yeah. You were supposed to have elder states people who, uh, who understood the gravity of the role and were there to really be uh, the guiding force of the republic to kind of keep st maintain stability mm -hmm. and 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 technically cool off the passions that would boil over in the House of Representatives. And what you mm -hmm. have right now is senators who take on the characteristics, yes. the worst characteristics of the worst members of the House of mm -hmm. Representatives, and that is unacceptable in this country right yeah. now. The Senate is broken, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. It is 
you know, if I and, and again, I worked for Senator Schumer uh, for the first part of my career, and uh, but I am a believer that the Senate needs some significant changes, not just the change in the filibuster, but I think it's ridiculous that you know California has the same amount of yes, senators exactly. as Wyoming, yeah, right? Right? I mean, it's a nonsensical thing mm-hmm. at this point. It's 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 an undemocratic institution. Now, in the old Senate, where senators were not as not partisan hacks like they are today, that didn't matter. But we are now at a point in the United States Senate where that does matter. Yes. I blame it squarely on Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. He has radicalized the U.S. Senate. He has destroyed the United States Senate. And if he is left to his devices, will destroy this country. So um, it needs to be it needs to be changed. You know, OK, this is going to bring me to my next point, And I really want to know what you have to say about this. So I'm going to I'm going to say a bunch of things and add everything up. So we just recently, Carl Rove, uh, today, yesterday, whatever, wrote um, an article about basically the truth of the one six yeah. insurrection. Cheney and Cheney, uh, Liz, and father were the only Republicans to show up today, and and stand, I guess you know, against the the fallen and and basically standing with the Democrats. There was no other Republicans doing this. None. None. So okay, now here's this is it's getting interesting because not too long ago, Trump was talking some shit about McConnell. And then McConnell says Americans have a right to know what's in whatever the one six committee finds. Now I want to go back to let's just say one seven. Mitch McConnell basically said what happened on one six was terrible, but then he just continued being an asshole and 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 went yeah. along with Democrats. So, but now he's saying after Trump talked some shit about him, n- now he thinks that the one six committee everybody should know what's what they find. Then Alex Jones who is a Trump sycophant, on Christmas Day addressed his viewers and Donald Trump directly, saying that Trump's pro-vaccine stance was basically either stupid, really fucking stupid, or evil. And I would say a, couple, a month or two before this, maybe more, Nikki Haley suggested that presidents should have cognitive tests and also show their taxes. Now, I'm, I'm guessing she, she threw in the cognitive test well, maybe she would want it for Donald Trump, but Biden is easy cover because they all say that he has dementia, which he does not. But she no, can. Th- I, I mean, if you watch his speech today, it was pretty clear. He exactly, he doesn't have <laughs> dementia, but they all say that. So she she throws out cognitive test to please her own people and to please you know whoever she thinks she's pleasing. But then the taxes thing. Okay, well Biden showed his taxes. Who doesn't show his taxes? Donald Trump. So I think that was kind of like a veiled thing where she's i think she doesn't want donald trump to run again well i'll go one step further kimberly okay the the cbs poll that came out this weekend or i don't know if it was cbs or episodes there were two polls that came out this weekend but they showed donald trump having an overwhelming lead to be the next republican nominee for president he got 54 percent of the vote and republican and the press was touting that as oh my god he's unstoppable i look mm-hmm. at that as saying well Forty-six percent of Republicans want somebody else. They just don't know who it is. Yeah. Forty-six percent of the people. Now there was no no obvious replacement mm-hmm. to Trump right mm-hmm. now, but forty-six percent of Republicans polled want somebody other than Donald Trump mm-hmm. to be the nominee for president of the United States. Right. So yeah. Nikki Haley is smart enough to know that to read that poll, and she's not going to read it like Manu Raju on CNN. She's going to read it 
like Nikki Haley, a skilled political operative, mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you know what? There is an opening for somebody opening. else to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. If he's only getting 55, 54% right now, when people start beating on him, it's going to go down below 50. And, then it means there's, and that means there's a chance, especially in states like Iowa and New Hampshire, where the people tend to be a little bit more practical than they mm-hmm. are in some of the other parts of the right. country, and they make real decisions about who they're going to elect. In fact, Donald Trump came in third place in Iowa, fourth place in Iowa hmm. in, uh, in, in 2016. So there is a, you know, there is a, uh, an opening for somebody else on the right to challenge Donald Trump. And, and there, you know, you got people like Ron DeSantis lining up to be mm-hmm. the next Donald Trump, mm-hmm. modeling everything he does, including the way he speaks mm-hmm. after Donald Trump. And then you've got other people who, who are saying, maybe not. Maybe this is not the way to go. Maybe we need to bring things back to normal and, and talk about our policies and see if we can get people to vote for us that way. Um, I don't know. Donald Trump, well, to me, was not a classic conservative. Donald oh, Trump, no. to me, was just a cult of personality. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's beatable <laughs> if people really want to stand up to him. Excuse me. Well, let me just say this, because last night, Ted Cruz, um, or yesterday, I should say, he he said today, referring to today, 1-6, that it was a solemn day, and then he referred to it as a violent terrorist attack. Now, the reason I found this is because I was on Twitter, and I see that the word rhino is trending. I click on rhino, and the first video I see, it's Tucker Carlson talking about what Ted Cruz said, and the person was a MAGA who said, okay, this is, this is when Ted Cruz loses his 2024 bit, calls him a rhino. So this is what, you know, Tucker Carlson goes on and says, all right, nobody likes Ted Cruz, but we all have to admit that he's really smart and he chooses his words very carefully. And he's going on and he he specifically says, okay, was it a violent terrorist attack? No. Was it an insurrection? No. Was it a riot? Sure. And then so he he picks on uh, on Cruz for saying those words, violent terrorist attack, which, by the way, Ted Cruz has not been talking like that for the last year. All of a sudden now, Cruz is calling it a violent attack. So then Tucker Carlson says, what the hell is going on here? You're making us think that maybe the Republican Party is as worthless as we suspected it was. So I'm I'm seeing, obviously camps are are being formed right now because I know we're going to go into 2024, but this is before the 2020 election. And even though these are not normal times and we can't necessarily say, oh, it's just like 1991 or whatever – um, I'm wondering if you think that this is going to cause some kind of a split within the Republican Party, especially you've got Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz. Nikki Haley didn't attack him, but Alex Jones absolutely attacked him. And he's like he's such a conspiracy theorist, and such a fucking loon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who who you know, how much of a following he has, Alex Jones. I mean, it's pretty big. Are, there, and he, you know, was, he was are, in the conservative ecosphere. There are people who are nutty and they mm-hmm. get the ratings mm-hmm. and then there are conservatives who kind of go and play golf right and who want to see their 401ks grow and don't want to see democracy crumble to the ground and are extremely concerned yeah. about the return of donald trump yes and i and i you know i you know look i i'm i'm not at retirement age but i'm at the age where you start thinking, okay, maybe 15 years from now I'm going to retire and Mm -hmm. I've been working towards it. Right. And I think to myself, well, I think I should be in pretty good shape unless this country gets burned to the freaking (laughs) ground in the next two years. Right. And I got to think that there are a lot of people who call themselves Republicans who feel that way too. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I don't know that they're the majority. Right. But I do think that there's enough of them to make it very hard for Donald Trump to get elected president yeah. again. So I, I don't know. I just I just <laughs> when you see polls that say 65 percent of Americans want don't want Donald Trump to run for president. That should send the message to Donald Trump, don't run for president. Right, but and I don't think Donald Trump little... really is running for president either, Kimberly. Really? Because to run for president means to file uh, and not to be able to raise money for his super PAC the way he's doing right now in hmm. a way that is completely unaccountable. Hmm. Interesting. Now, do you – okay, let's just say he does um, – let's say he does run. Let's say he gets the nomination – do you think that he would have an easier time at winning than somebody else like either Ron DeSantis or another? Per- I'm not going to say Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz is such a fucking dick and everyone hates him. But yeah. like, you know, just another Republican, maybe a softer version, maybe like a young no, type. I, I think he'd be the worst candidate for the Republicans in 26. That's what I think. Because like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, he's the bogeyman that everybody will rally against. Right. Right. Fear motivates better than hope. Yes, the reason it why does. Democrats came out in record number and 81 million people voted for Joe Biden is because they were afraid mm-hmm. of Donald Trump having another four years. Yeah, right. So if Donald Trump came back, the fear that you would see would be even worse. <laughs> I agree. After, especially <laughs> after what happened last year on January 6th. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you will have people in this country terrified of having him there, and that fear mm-hmm. will get those people out to vote. For whoever the Democrat is, Ron DeSantis, who I think is worse than Trump Me in a too. lot of ways, yes. will not motivate people the same way. The fear will not be the same way. Yes, for Ron I, DeSantis and I agree. Because people are like, ah, he's a Harvard-educated yeah. guy. Was the governor of California, of Florida? Was a congressman? Went to Yale for law school. Played baseball. There'd be all sorts of other reasons why people would be like, oh, Ron DeSantis can't be that bad, even though Ron DeSantis right. is Trump. 2.0 yeah exactly yeah i mean he even does the fucking accordion hands it's like... yeah, he's doing the same he's literally modeling his hand gestures yes after donald trump on purpose yeah it's just <laughs> unfucking believable it's really scary the last thing though i want to bring up and talk to you about because i usually talk about this on my show is covid and ah. you know before okay on thanksgiving day we got it like it was tre- omicron was t- trending or i think it just said variant and right. I click on it and I'm like, fuck. And so, you know, it's like most of the people on Twitter, some of them were yelling at me and going, oh, don't freak out. And it's like, but that's what I do. So, um, but then I was right because look at what's happened. I mean, in fact, my mother, while we we're on this chat, sent me where she lives. The number of cases has just surged. And, you know, obviously we're seeing this. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I think I was looking at the county where I live, and at the worst case scenario last year, like let's say the 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 second the first and second weeks in January, um, maybe those numbers for my county were at like I don't know six or seven hundred cases per day. Oh my God! Now they're like at eleven thousand, yeah, and that's, that's with crazy. people who are vaccinated. And I'm just wondering, I'm you know. I know that you're not an epidemiologist and you can't, you're not a psychic, (laughs) but how are you feeling about like, do you think we're going to be able to like get through Omicron? um, As we navigate through this, what I fear and are you fearing that we're going to see more and more people missing work? Because I went to the grocery store the other day and oh my God, there was like so much wasn't on the shelves (laughs) because 
and it's not because of it's the supply chain isn't working because people are getting sick. Yeah. No, I I I am worried about the next two months. Yeah. But I think after that, I, I mean, clearly it's working its way through the population, and there's right. no way to stop it. Right? Vaccinated or not, my wife had it. My daughter had it. Ugh. I did not get it. Wow. Now, okay, let Which, me ask you about and, that. And did you guys have? Did they have Omicron? They. I. We don't know what version they had. Uh, my daughter is the only one who went and got the PCR test. That's how my wife and my daughter, my other daughter and myself, all tested. And then my wife tested positive. I tested negative. My wife was feeling sick. Mm-hmm. I had no symptoms. My younger daughter had no symptoms. Um, but my wife and my older daughter had symptoms, and they they, they quarantined for ten days, and they're better now. They're fine. It was now, like what, what a, kind it of was symptoms? like a nagging cold, okay, with a little bit more fatigue, okay. Uh, but um, and it, it stayed around for a while. I had a bad mm-hmm. sore throat with it, but they didn't have chest problems. They had problems mm-hmm. with breathing. That sounds and, like Omicron. And they got over yeah. it. So I, I I gotta think that the rate that this thing is spreading around the country, mm-hmm. it can't be around for for more than another you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, December, I mean, everybody I know in December had it or knows somebody who had it or somebody in their house had it. So it's, it's, you know, the testing rate here in in Suffolk County where I live was 24% yesterday. Wow. So, I mean, think about that. If 24% of the people tested that they know of had Mm -hmm. it, like think about people like, you know, my, my wife tested, I guess she called hers in, but, um, but, uh, but most people don't. Right. And, and uh, you know, they get tested at home and then they just deal with it at home. They quarantine and it's not reported to anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to think that if it's 24% of people showing up for a test and getting it reported, it's got to be closer to 50% yeah. in reality. Right. And, you know, I mean, that means that people are getting it and probably people are getting it like I probably got it and didn't even know I had it. Jesus Christ. I might have been the one who spread it to them. Right. Um, you know, and, and it just thinking to myself – this has got to be working its way through the population. If that's the case, as long as it doesn't mm-hmm. sprout another variant, which it could, it could, yeah. that could be worse. Um, you know, this is going to go through the population in six to eight weeks, and and then we're going to be done with it. Yeah, um, and that's and, really and what I'm be, hoping. It could be the end of COVID. You know, assuming people continue to get vaccinated and boosted. Yeah, and what's really scary in this little note that my mom sent me, she said yesterday she was at the doctor. And the doctor told her that the hospital is full and 70% of them are unvaccinated. So wow. that's what we're looking at. And it's, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking what you're thinking. Like, I think at some point it's going to die out. And I did hear that Omicron took over Delta, obviously. And I'm hoping that maybe the Delta will die out. I don't know. Obviously, we need more people to be vaccinated. And we're seeing, I think it was in Italy... It's a, they're mandating everybody over 50 has to get vaccinated. And mm. I don't know what they're going to do here. I have no idea. I but, think they got a mandated flight. They got a man, mandated for interstate travel. Yes, uh, I agree. You know, I think we've got to do that. You've got, we got to make it hard mm-hmm. on people who don't want to get vaccinated. And look, I, I said this before. I'll say it again, Kimberly. Um, name it the Trump vaccine if it's going to get these idiots to, to, <laughs> right, exactly. to take it. And, I, and, I, and as I always like to say, it's just a little prick to remind you of the big prick who tried to destroy this country. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Who cares? I, just... you know, I, I, I don't need to own it. And, and he right. does get some credit for operation. Yeah, he does. Speed. He does. You know, I got to give him some. Mm-hmm. And, and if, they, if, if that'll make these idiots take it, 
and name it that. Well, but the, I, the, I, but the I, problem is we had Candace Owens confronting Donald Trump. She interviewed him, and he yeah. brings up how great the vaccine is, and she's like, no, 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 it's great. And, it's, and so, you know, th this Frankenstein has been created. I mean, I've called him Trumpenstein, but basically this base is Frankenstein. They're doing what – they're beyond what – you know what it reminds me of? There were those – now I'm not I don't want to get into this too much but you know there's Bernie supporters and then there's like the fanatics there's like the bros yeah, so the bros. when when the bros don't like what what Bernie says they're like fuck Bernie and that's right. what you know that's what's happening with Trump it's like okay I love Trump I love Trump Trump's the greatest and then oh Trump's for vaccines fuck Trump so right. he's not really you know he he doesn't he's got to say what they want to hear and he told them he, vaccines aren't good. You don't need them. Just take some, you know, bleach or whatever he fucking said. And then, you know, and now he's running around going, oh, vaccines are great. I was boosted and he gets booed. And then yeah. Candace Owens. He gets booed. You got Candace Owens. Yeah. Me. Candace Owens who fakes protests against herself. <laughs> you know, booing. <laughs> Give me a break, Candace Owens. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, I'm, I am hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to get rid of um, or not get rid of COVID, but at least reduce it to a point where maybe we could see the numbers that we were seeing last summer. And I am hopeful that if we can get this talking filibuster, I think we're going to be able to pass voting rights. And I think that I'm not going to go in the fucking polls right now and say that we're going to lose the House. I think we could win the House. I think it's still in I, play. I, I'm not even going. I'm not going on the polls. I'm going on the maps. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, and, and, I, and you know what? I've been surprised. And if there is a split within the Republican Party where you have multiple candidates running for uh, the same House seat in the general right. election where that's possible. I mean, that could definitely flip some seats. Yes. Um, but uh, I think I also think it's it's vital that a couple of Republicans get reelected, particularly uh, Liz Cheney mm -hmm. and 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 Lisa Murkowski, yeah. frankly, because, you know, Trump's out to get them. Right. And, you know, they if they get defeated, it'll it'll show his vulnerability. So I mm -hmm. think that's important, too. Yeah, and you know what? If they get defeated, they're likely going to be replaced with QAnon freaks. So anybody who's arguing, no, we don't want Liz Cheney. Yeah, I don't like her fucking policies either. But I'll take her. I'll take her over a QAnon, Marjorie Taylor Greene type, any fucking day of and, the week. And I, so. I don't understand why we haven't tried to convert Lisa Murkowski to the Democratic Hello, Party. Hello, I know. You know, Hello. It's like they're not giving her the line in. In, in in Alaska anyway. I was going to yeah. say Canada. Uh, but it's it's just, you know, come on. Time for her to, to switch sides here yeah. and become an American. Keep, I think she Democrat. should. I think she should. But we'll see what happens. So I just want to say, first of all, thank you once again for coming on Last Minute. You don't even know how much I appreciate it. Talking to you is so much fun, too. It's just really I, exciting. I always love it. And <laughs> I'm definitely going to return the favor and have you on my show real soon. Awesome. Okay, well, before I let you go, let everyone know where they can find you. I am at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. It's the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. And if you're in the uh, in one of the markets, the Chris Hahn Show airs on Thursday nights. And then uh, I'm on WABC Radio on Sunday afternoons from 2 to 3, 2 to, excuse me, uh, 3 to 5 cool. uh, with Curtis Sliwa, who is a Republican who I debate oh. uh, regularly on WABC Radio. Uh, and that show is coming to a city near you soon too. <laughs> well, that and you're so freaking great at debating Republicans. Oh my God, that's so. Everybody uh, should also tune on in. Fox News all the time, and that's yes. why. Yes. That's why you follow me on, on Twitter, and I'll tell you when I'm on. Oh my God, and those are the best segments when you go on because you just do not even let them get away with anything, and I appreciate that so much. 
Um, my job. <laughs> and of course, you can find me on the Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E. My books are on Amazon. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and happy new year. Anytime. Happy new year to you, too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.